0: Hey you guys, I want to tell you about a new podcast coming to you from the creators of Confronting O.J. Simpson. Confronting Columbine, hosted by survivor Amy Over, tells the story of one of America's deadliest school shootings. It took place at Amy's High School in Colorado. Twelve students and one teacher were killed and another 21 were injured. The Columbine Massacre was a pivotal event in America. But for survivors like Amy, it was her real life, and she still lives with the memories every day. Was she really on the killer's hit list? Would the survivors ever recover from the trauma of being shot at? The sound of that gunfire. Why have the killers spawned copycats with false stories that have no basis in truth? And what happens to teenagers who witness the worst in life when they become adults? Columbine was the day America started to believe that school was no longer a safe place. Now the kids at Columbine are sending their own children to high school and the trauma begins again. Take the journey with Amy, her class, teachers, first responders, and others impacted by the shooting. Listen to the riveting new series Confronting Columbine coming May 4th from Glass Podcasts and Wondery. You're about to hear a preview of Confronting Columbine. While you're listening, be sure to subscribe to Confronting Columbine on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or binge the entire series right now and ad-free when you subscribe to Wondery Plus in the Wondery app.
1: Second uh, semester freshman year. I remember meeting everyone in the cafeteria for lunch there we were at the table. For whatever reason, when I got there that day, my wallet was not in my pants. But I got, you know, some money. I'm gonna get a soda. So uh, I remember Lance said, let's get out of here. He wanted to go to Clement Park. Mm-hmm. And I said, all right, let's go. Well, I remember talking Dan into it, because same scenario, Dan didn't have his money for whatever reason. So out of the three of us, none of us brought our wallets. No money for lunch. No. Right, and it's yeah. like, well, let's just get the hell out of here. Yeah. So I was already worked up because I had that test following, and I knew I had to get an A on it, so I was, you know, a little worked up about it, but that's in my head, and so we hit the vending machines, Dan got his, his usual uh, Milky Way out of the machine, and I got uh, a Cherry Pepsi, which, that'll be the last time I ever bought a Cherry Pepsi. Ever. But, you got Dan and Lance, they got their bags, and we hit the vending machine, and we're out. And that's when we came around that corner, and I don't know if you remember, but they had that chain link fence right outside that door. So we go up and around, walking around that chain link fence, and instead of staying on the sidewalk going up the steps that are poured nicely in concrete, I think Lance was the only one that really stayed on that. Dan immediately darted off into the dirt, and I think I was heading into the dirt myself. So I was going to walk up the hill with him.
2: And that's where they were parked.
1: Yeah. And then they were up at the top of that hill where that sidewalk goes into that, uh, that other entrance up top, and we were heading up. So that's when we saw them. They had duffel bags at the feet, and I remember stand- they're standing there with, you know, all black, they got their jackets kind of halfway unbuttoned open. And then that's when I started seeing magazines coming out. And so they're loading up, but they had that look of confusion. Like they're looking at each other like, what the hell? Something's not right.
2: While most people think of Columbine as a mass shooting, it wasn't the killer's original plan. They had made dozens of bombs with the intention of blowing up their classmates and teachers. Bombs were set to go off during the first lunch period when there were the most students in the cafeteria, around 11.15 in the morning. The perpetrators planted two duffel bags with propane bombs surrounded in shrapnel. They were placed near beams that would have brought the second floor down and incinerated anyone who was there for lunch. The killers had hidden the bombs between class periods and then met up outside the school, ready to shoot down survivors who made it out. Despite months of bomb-making practice, the bombs failed. The guns only came out when they realized the bombs didn't work.
1: They are going to blow up. The commons and those bombs were supposed to go off in a series and just wipe out the entire commons. And that 20 pound bomb would have taken out that corner, which would have, in theory, dropped the library mm-hmm. into the commons. We have these sidebar conversations like, well, what are we watching? You know, something doesn't look right. And we're like, oh, it's got to be the senior annihilation game that we've been hearing about. Mm-hmm. None of us had details. So it's just so we-
0: ironic that we were playing that game. Yeah. It was like a Nerf war game, mm-hmm. basically.
1: Yeah, last man standing. Last out. man
0: standing and
1: bragging rights. We finally get to see what the hell this game's about. And we're watching them load. And maybe they're gonna go down that hallway and shoot it with a paintball. Let's go see this. Now we got something to watch. That's when magazine was in, chambered, and then that's when the popping started. They, they unloaded towards the building out of line of sight from us. What we didn't know is that's when Richard and Rachel Scott were shot.
2: Rachel Scott and Richard Costaldo were the first victims at Columbine. Rachel was shot in the head and chest and died instantly. Richard was shot in the arms and torso. He survived, but his spine was severed and he was left paralyzed from the waist
1: down. As soon as that started, we stopped moving again. And at this point, they're monkeying a little bit and we're like okay well those are realistic paintball guns and so we decide well, let's get a closer look so we start pushing forward so after the second round of us deciding let's get a closer look that's when they turn the fire to us and again I think it's paintballs so they're spraying from my right to left I remember Dan got hit
2: Jimmy Rohrbaugh was shot three times once in the knee, then in the chest, then in the abdominal area, piercing his liver and stomach. The shot to his chest stopped his heart. He fell over and died quickly. Even then, Sean thought he was witnessing a game. His brain was not registering the
1: horror. One of the rounds went through Dan and hit the ground right behind him. The trajectory of that round hit that dirt and it just shot it in my face. And I remember looking back all simultaneous, like, where the heck are these paintballs? As I'm looking back, that's when I took a round of the shoulder and it didn't hit any bone or anything. It just grazed me, but it was deep enough I could sink darn near three of my fingers into that gap. No idea I was shot, but I just felt cold on my neck and I looked back forward. And that's when I took three across the abdomen. And again, the only way to describe, because those didn't hurt at all, the only way to describe that was it felt like something shouldn't have been there yeah. and then it was gone. That's all it felt like, it wasn't pain or anything.
2: Did you realize then, like, I, I've been shot?
1: Oh, I had no idea. In fact, it took me a while before I figured out that I was actually bleeding. That's when Lance went down. I don't even think he knows he's been shot at this moment. And I yelled out to both of them, You guys have fun with this, I'm going back inside. So as I'm turning around to run, no idea I've been shot four times at this moment, my entire body is behind that concrete corner pillar. The entire thing, the only thing exposed to my backpack. Well, I didn't realize is when I was running across that fence, I was a moving target and they were shooting at me and one round entered my backpack. That bullet hit my notebook and spun around and literally changed trajectory and aimed straight at my spinal cord. It Hit my T12 and blew my entire vertebrae up and then it shot out my hip. I'm yelling. It hurt like heck, it felt like I got kicked by a mule straight into the spine. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I'm convinced there's a crank dart sticking in my spine, that's what paralyzed me. Somebody get the stupid dart out of my back.
2: Sean, you're literally stuck in the threshold, watching everything happen. Did anyone come to your aid?
1: Yeah, and they're yelling, there's no dart. Honey, there's no dart. Well, I can't move my legs. And they got the door held open and somebody stopped him and they said, no, it's his back. It's a spinal injury or a neck. Can't move him, Mm -hmm. don't move him because he's paralyzed. So they left me.